Welcome to our podcast. I'm joined by Kevin Yaney, the author of the 4th of July trilogy, which are historical fiction novels set at the time of the Civil War. So after four years of fighting, the Civil War came to an end and the North prevailed over the South. There were times in the war when it didn't seem like that would really happen, and the South had the upper hand. When did this change, and why did the North win the fight against the South? Yeah, it's a good question. So, yeah, very early in the war, it was not going um, in favor of the North. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several reasons for that. Number one, most of the fighting happened in the South, and yeah. most of the fighting in the East happened in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had people who understood the terrain. Yeah. The people there who were living there were favorable to them. Mm-hmm. So um, they could, um, they would feed them, mm-hmm. they would house them. They would let them have their, you know, their horses or whatever they needed, mm-hmm. and it took a lot of horses. I mean, that it, it, it that was the main way you, you moved an army, yeah. and they were moving massive armies. These armies at the end, you know, you're you're talking about armies of a hundred thousand soldiers. Wow. Okay, so they um they they, they needed animals, yeah. and so there was a lot of animals that were involved, a lot of of. of beast of burden mm-hmm. mules mm-hmm. Um, donkeys and a lot of horses lots yeah. of horses thousands and thousands and thousands but um the south um particularly robert e lee was a was a strategist and but he took risk that paid off early in the war and didn't pay off later, later. in the war the reason they worked early in the war, we've talked about this before, is he was fighting against his classmates. Yeah. Now, Lee himself had been part of the Mexican War. Mm-hmm. He had been an officer in the mm-hmm. Mexican War, a colonel. And so he had war experience. Right. A lot of his colleagues did not. Right. Some of them did, but not a lot of them. It's kind of like having hands-on experience Exactly. For Lee versus his classmates who probably, you know, they've been in the classroom but haven't really experienced war. One of the criticisms of uh, the military academy at West Point Mm -hmm. at that time Mm -hmm. was the teachers there really hadn't experienced war either. Okay. And so they were great at teaching engineering. Sure. You want to build a bridge right. quickly? Right. They could teach this you how to do how that. This is how to do it. Absolutely. Uh, but in terms of tac- tactics on the battlefield, mm-hmm. they were leaning back to Napoleon's style with the French, um, and and it was you know it was outdated right. at that time the yes. way that they did war. Right. So um, you had some experience on Lee's part in particular, and he rose to the top pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, in um, in in the South, but he was a, a person who would take risk, and he would also um, he would also do some things unconventionally. Okay. So for, unexpected. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, for instance, um, when he was facing Joe Hooker's um, um, Army of the Potomac, and there was a, a battle in Chancellorsville in mm-hmm. Virginia little bitty place in in Virginia. And what he did was really 
it, it should have cost him the battle, but it didn't because he knew who who Hooker's uh, subordinate generals were. They okay. were classmates of mm-hmm. his, and he knew who would hesitate. Okay. And he knew what he needed to do to get them to hesitate. So mm-hmm. what he would do is he basically, he, he, de- he took his army and he put everybody on one side of the, the fight and, and just put a, 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 just a, a scant few to hold a line. So in Chancellorsville, he would go west mm-hmm. with his army and he would fight that fight. And then he would hurry them and he would you know, beat them into submission, right. get them to hold their line. Yeah. He would put a scant few and then he would rush them over to the east side and he would fight again against another general. Yeah. Well, he just kept doing back that and back and forth. And so he was outnumbered hmm. about two to one. And if either one of those lines if the union would have just pushed through yeah they would have caught they would have gone. right in the right. middle and they and could he have came up done. behind them and absolutely yeah. but mm. they held their ground mm. they were afraid to attack right and and so he had them and so he moved his much smaller uh army right back and forth and worked them against each other and uh and and won that fight in chancellorsville yeah. um so that was Lee. Lee did things out of the box. Yeah. That was not taught at West Point. Okay. Okay. That, that came was from not experience. Taught. That came from, yeah. being Being on the battlefield, understanding what you needed to do with troops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, and you had to have a clear mind and be able to move, you know, at a Quickly. moment's notice. Yeah. And he, he inspired that. But the other thing that happened, a lot of people point to um, July the 4th. In 1863 is the day that the war turned. Yes. Two things happened. So on July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, um, Lee had pushed into Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and the Battle of Gettysburg took place. Mm -hmm. The reason that Lee had pushed into Gettysburg was he wanted to take the fight out of the south, Mm -hmm. get it into the north. It's the second time he tried it. He tried it at Antietam in Maryland Mm -hmm. and um, and was pushed out in a day. Well, his idea was, let's go north and let's take this. And what he was trying to do was, it's one thing when you're fighting in somebody else's backyard. It's another thing when it comes to you. Yes. And so he wanted to put some fear into the northern states yeah. that were coming to get you if you don't stop fighting. Right. So he was really trying to pressure Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. and the north into forming some sort of a truce where you can stay the northern United States and we're going to remain the Confederate States right. of America and we will have our own government and mm-hmm. we will have slavery mm-hmm. and we will have what we want right and you won't you won't interfere with us ever again right that's because what we're he taking wanted. the battle to you and we're showing you that we are a force to be reckoned with that's right we're yeah. superior to your generals what happened in Gettysburg though was Lee um, miscalculated okay and uh, we talked before about the way that war was waged. Yeah. And he kind of relied back on the third day in particular. There's a, a famous uh, charge known as Pickett's Charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, General Pickett was one of his, his generals. And, um, and his forces were absolutely mowed down mm-hmm. as 
they came across the field uh, into cannon fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, and grape shot and that sort of thing, just blowing pe- people away. Wow. And um, there's been a lot written about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into all of it. Some people claim that Lee just lost his mind because all of a sudden he's going, he's he's uh, going back to the old way of doing things. Yeah, this isn't the you know uh, the progressive uh, Lee that they've ex- seen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, he limps out of of Virginia or into Virginia from mm-hmm. from Pennsylvania. And uh, we talked before, General Meade probably could have ended the war, yeah. at least the war in the East, if he would have pursued them. But so July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 1863, um, Gettysburg is fought. The Union wins a victory there. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, in the West, Vicksburg, Mississippi is happening. Okay. Vicksburg is, is, has been under siege for a long time, Ulysses S. Grant, Sherman, yeah. General McPherson, and all of those are have uh, outmaneuvered um, John Pemberton, who is now locked down in uh, in Vicksburg. Vicksburg is a place on the Mississippi River; it mm-hmm. overlooks the river. Okay, it's a very strategic point. So what it, it it comes in a bend in the river. The river comes around and bends, and you had these cannons, this fortress that's at the top of these hills mm-hmm. that can look down both sides of the river and just blow anything yeah. away. And so for the better part of the year, Grant has been trying to figure out how do I take Vicksburg? How right. do I get my troops there? They have attempted to do that. Sherman has attempted to do that. And failed yeah. from the north, mm-hmm. um, and so they finally um, Admiral David Porter and the Navy okay. figure out a way to run past their ships past Vicksburg. Okay, what Grant then does is he goes on the opposite side of the river into Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He marches his troops down south of Vicksburg. Porter ports them across the river, the wide Mississippi River, mm-hmm. and they come up. They uh, come up north, and they ha- they are split between Jackson, Mississippi, the, mm-hmm. the capital of Mississippi, and Vicksburg. Mm-hmm. They're right in between the two. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, there is some thought on Pemberton's part that he is going to get some reinforcements. He's going to get them from uh, General Johnston. Okay. uh, And General Johnston is in Jackson. Grant does something that is quite unusual. So instead of attacking Vicksburg first, he turns his army and does almost the same thing that Lee did in Chancellorsville. Mm -hmm. He is outnumbered if those two armies come together. Right. And he's got they've got him in the middle. Yeah. Okay. He holds Pemberton at bay and he attacks Jackson, Mississippi. And uh he defeats Johnston and he burns Jackson. He burns all the businesses in Jackson. Okay. Okay. Lights him on fire and makes sure that Johnston is leaving the state. Right. 
Then he turns. They have no supplies. They have nothing to help them. No reinforcements. No reinforcements. And so now he's got Pemberton, and he backs Pemberton into the city of Vicksburg, and he does something that people have not done in the past, and that is he issues trench warfare. Okay. They dig trenches throughout uh, the, around the city of Vicksburg, mm-hmm. and he holds them at siege. So Admiral David Porter, round the clock, bombing them from the mm-hmm. Mississippi River, shelling them. And his and and Grant's cannons are during the day are shelling them to the point that they're not going to get away. Right, they have nowhere to go. So July Fourth, Independence Day, mm-hmm. Pemberton um, asks Grant for terms of surrender. Okay, and he surrenders uh, Vicksburg. So the turning point in the war, a lot of people point to that particular July Fourth yeah. because. You know, the three days prior to that, you went at Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. On July 4th, you had the surrender of Vicksburg. Vicksburg means that the Union now controls the entire Mississippi River. Yes. And they're pushing into uh, into the east mm-hmm. uh, and pushing the Confederates back that way. Yeah. The real, the real winner of the war, though, was Grant. Um, after this point, after, uh, after this point, they go to Chattanooga. And Grant helps secure Chattanooga, um, Lookout Mountain, Mm -hmm. different things that are happening Mm -hmm. there. And then um, what happens at that point is um, Grant is named to be uh, the lieutenant general of the entire Union forces. That is a title that has not been bestowed on anyone uh, except George Washington. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, it's a new day mm-hmm. in the Union side. And Grant, rather than staying in Washington and conducting the war from Washington, attaches himself to the uh, Eastern um, uh, Army of the Potomac, George Meade's. Yeah. You know, George, uh, um, uh, you know, wouldn't pursue Lee right. Meade. Well, Grant's got a different way of warfare. Yeah. And Grant just won't give up, and he won't let up. Yeah. And so, really, uh, throughout the rest of 1864 and into 1865, he pursues Lee, and he backs him down, backs him down, backs him down, finally flanks him, goes around the southern part of Petersburg. Petersburg is about 50 miles south of the city of Richmond, okay. the capital of mm-hmm. the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And he, again, entrenches, and he holds them at siege for a year. Holds him down. Nothing. He's not going to let anything in. Nothing out. And at the same time, um, Sherman, mm-hmm. William Sherman, is coming out of Tennessee, backing Johnston down into Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, taking Atlanta, eventually burning yep. uh, a lot of Atlanta, and then he breaks away, takes sixty thousand troops, and marches to Savannah. Yeah. And um, so by Christmas of eighteen sixty four. He has conquered all of Georgia, and um, it was a different type of warfare. It wasn't so much that they were fighting uh, Confederate troops. They were ravaging farmland. Wow. They would find, they would take what they wanted Mm -hmm. and burn the rest. Mm. So Georgia burned. Yeah. And uh, Sherman said, I want the people of Georgia to feel the results of their decision to break away from 
the United States. Wow. So um, that's really where the war started to turn, and mm-hmm. it wasn't long after that that uh, the, the South collapsed. Yeah. We talked about 1.1 million volunteers from the South. That was not enough. Wow. Uh, the other thing that the uh, you know the the union had twice as many soldiers. Yeah. And it was just it was collapsing on itself, and it just couldn't be sustained. So uh, by April uh, eighteen sixty five, Lee had surrendered. About a month later, um, Johnston surrendered to Sherman, mm-hmm. and the war came to a close. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you want more information on Kevin Yaney and the 4th of July trilogy of books, please go to www.4thofjulybook.com. For Kevin Yaney, I'm Selena Helvey.